Bonjour, ladies and gents, how are you? Jamie in the house. A little bit different. We're going a bit more high end on a Train with Jay this 2020. And I'm going to be doing a QA, but one thing that I really want to focus on every single week with regards to Train with Jay is education. And that means get my old whiteboard out, chatting loads of uh, crap for a good 45 minutes. And, uh, and yeah, cool. It's looking good. Looking really good, actually. So I'm happy with that. So the topic of conversation for this week is calorie strategies for 2020. And there's lots of different calorie strategies. One thing that I've obviously been teaching um, for many, many years now is having a good strategy for your calories. If you're looking at calories on a, on a daily basis, the trouble that you have with that is if you go over it, sometimes you feel like you've messed things up. But if you play a longer game, then you understand that even if you mess up at the end of the week, you can still come in at the right calories. And a lot of the examples I'm going to be doing tonight are all going to be based on 2,000 calories. And the reason I put 2,000 calories is because it's probably a little bit less than most of you guys will be on, but obviously a little bit more than some of you ladies might be on. So it's just a kind of a middle ground there. Um, obviously, depending on your goals, obviously we're focusing on fat loss. So you need to be working out what your TDE is. Hopefully you already know what that is. Hopefully you know what your maintenance calories are. Hopefully you know what your fat loss calories are. And hopefully you know what your kind of weight gain or muscle building calories are too. So depending on whatever goal that you're looking to have this year, this is of course what we're looking at. And I've kind of broken my calorie strategies down into different categories. And I'm gonna go through each one and talk exactly about what I mean with, uh, with every single one. But let me just have a look, see how that's looking. It's looking quite good. So the first thing that I'm going to tick my box with, and hopefully you can see this, is weekly login. So most of you should hopefully already be doing weekly login. I'm just checking, can you get me another? Oh, there it is, it's there. What I mean by weekly login, if you have a daily allowance of 2,000 calories, when we're looking at weekly login, what we're looking at is giving ourselves a weekly allowance of 14,000 calories. So we can split, you know, if we look at Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I give a great example of Scatty Sue, Flexible Felicity, and Consistent Carol. And what Consistent Carol would do is, Consistent Carol would have 2,000 calories on every single day, absolutely consistently, and come in at the end of the week at 14,000 calories. Now, most of us, would like to try and do it like that, but that's not how life works. Sometimes we have commitments, sometimes we go out with the ladies on a Wednesday and have you know, a bit of chocolate cake. There's other things that are gonna happen. And most of us are aiming to be a flexible Felicity or a flexible Felix or anything that rhymes with <laughs> flexible, okay? So what we tend to do is we tend to probably keep within this 2000 calorie range on a Monday, we might even keep with a 2000 calorie range on a Tuesday, but Wednesday we kind of fuck up and we go for the 3000 calories. So usually for most people that's a panic. They're like, fuck, I've literally screwed my diet up completely because I've got a thousand calories 
more than I should have. And it's like, well, no, because what we're looking at is we're playing this game. And the game of fat loss is if we hit this number by the end of the week, we will be okay. So we look at the damage. We look at, okay, I'm tracking my macros and what gets measured gets managed, which is great. I've had, I've had 5,000 calories. Fuck. But it's not too bad because I've still got 9,000 calories to play with over the rest of the week. So if you are planning things out and doing weekly logging, you go, well, do you know what? I want about 2,500 calories on Saturday because it's Saturday night. Sunday, I'm not too bothered, so I might just drop it down to 1,500. So now we've got 7,000. 9,500, 10,500, 11,000. So we've got 3,000 calories left. Easy. What do we want to do? We could have 2,000 calories on a Thursday and 1,000 calories on a Friday, or what would probably be better, 2,000 calories on a Friday and 1,500 calories on, sorry, 1,000 calories on the Thursday, because I'm not really going to want any more than that because I've had 3,000 calories on the Tuesday. And the benefit about the flexible felicity is we still come in at that 14,000 calories, exactly the same as consistent Carol that would do this. Now, a lot of us don't really want, you know, a lot of us want to be a kind of flexible felicity, but a lot of us are a scatty Sue. So a lot of us fuck up more than just once a week. But if you're playing the game, if you understand your weekly goal, then you're going to win the game. This is the most important thing. So your calorie strategy for 2020 is going to be tracking your calories on a weekly basis, okay? So that is our weekly login. Next one is my strategy. And it's not really a strategy. I mean, it's something that I've been doing automatically for many, many years. And what it is, is the big breakfast. Everyone, hopefully, showing my age now, remembers the big breakfast on, uh, on TV. Absolutely awesome. And this is kind of my strategy. I have a fucking massive breakfast, and then I ease off my calories for the rest of the day. So what my meals like might be, if I just have, let's just say, I have four meals a day, okay? My big breakfast strategy, let's just say I'm allocating myself 2,000 calories. That's 200 calories, 2,000 calories, okay? My big breakfast strategy would probably be, if I had that much, about 1,000 calories for breakfast, leaving me 1,000 calories left. Now, because I'm having 1,000 calories for breakfast, I'm having a massive breakfast. So because I'm eating so much food, I'm not thinking about food, till about two to three o'clock in the afternoon. And when I do hit that two to three o'clock in the afternoon, I'll probably have about 300, maybe more calories. And obviously I'm taking the consideration that I'd have more, but I wouldn't be on 2000 calories. I'm usually on about 3,200. So I've had 1300 calories, it's 3 p.m. And then I'm going for dinner, which I'll probably have another maybe 300 to 400 calories. And then snack wise or that, having 400 calories. So this is what I mean by the big breakfast. Sometimes can be a really good strategy because what I see um, as a huge issue with a lot of people is that a lot of people eat rabbit food for breakfast. They don't eat enough. And by the time they get to 10 o'clock, they're fucking starving. And then they end up overeating because then they get hungry, they have a bigger lunch, and then they're like, shit, 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 shit. When actual fact, what can really change the game 
is if you have a massive breakfast, you're actually, you know, you're absolutely satisfied, you feel full, and then you've got a busy day. So you haven't got to think about food anyway, you're fueled for the day, and off you go. So this is what's worked with me very much, but this is, the reason this worked for me very well is that I don't really get hungry in the evenings. Like that now, I don't really want that much food. That's where it can be very different to other people. So this is why I say calorie strategies are very much personal preference. It depends on the person. It depends on where you struggle with. And a lot of people struggle in the evening. A lot of people struggle about sitting down, watching TV and eating crap. So we do have a strategy for that, so do not panic, okay? So that is what I mean by kind of the big breakfast strategy. And the next one is save the best till last. So this is the one that most of you will probably want to adopt. One of the biggest problems that a lot of people have is eating lots of crap at night. But if you've got 2,000 calories, and let's just say for just a random example like we have for the big breakfast, we've got ourselves four meals for the day. You might want to have about 300 calories for breakfast. You might want to have about 300 calories for lunch. Um, you might want to have 500 calories for dinner. And then you might want to allocate 400 calories for some carbohydrate snacks in the evening that you crave. So this can be a, a great strategy where you are saving calories because you know that you get really, really hungry in the evenings. And when you're more likely going to eat on feast on crap in the evenings, a good strategy is to hold back calories throughout the day so you can have that nice little window in the evening. Now, when I was competing, I very much had this strategy because when you are stupidly lean, you literally can't go to sleep hungry because you literally cannot sleep. Your body's so bloody sensitive. So what I used to do is I used to save about 600 calories for my pre-bed snack and I'd have a massive bowl of oats and I'd spend ages eating it. But what that would do, it would fill me up and it would enable me to get a good night's sleep. So that was my strategy when I was on comp prep. And that is the strategy I'm talking about. Save the best till last. So there we have it. Okay. So hopefully these are all making sense. Hopefully you're kind of identifying what kind of person you are when it comes to your calorie strategies. Whether, you know, most of you should be doing weekly login, big breakfast, of course, this is my strategy. Save the best till last. This is very much other people's strategies. And then we've got the kind of the um, minimize weekday, maximize weekend. And this is what a lot of people will be adopting as well. So this is kind of, um, these two, kind of the big breakfast and say the best will last. They're more, they're more daily calorie strategies. The weekly login, of course, is a weekly calorie strategy and minimizing the weekdays, maximizing the weekends, of course, is more of a weekly strategy than a daily one. So if we know that we've got 2000 calories a day and we know that we've got 14,000 calories a week, we already want to plan out what we want to have on the weekend. If we want to enjoy our weekends, then I'm going to say to myself, well, if I've got 14,000 calories, I know that I want to um, eat more on a Friday and eat more on a Saturday. So you could go to extremes of going, do you know what? Friday and Saturday, 
I want 3,000 calories, okay? Friday, 3,000. Saturday, 3,000. So I've had 6,000 calories, and this is before the week's even started. And this is what I mean by, obviously, weekly logging, planning it out, minimizing your weekday, because you're not really hungry, you've got work, you're busy, you're, you know, you're not thinking about food, but when it comes to Friday and Saturday, when you've got that time off, you're starving, you want to eat more. So what I've done is given myself 6,000 calories for a Friday and Saturday, which leaves me 8,000 calories for the next five days. So I could essentially, you know, have that kind of 1,200, 1,200, 1,200, 1,200. So we've got six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 10,800, um, 11,800, 12,800. Um, so yeah, probably have a lot more than that. I could have 13, 13, 13, 13. But you see what I'm doing here, okay? I'm already factoring in my weekends, okay? I'm not going too mental, but what I want to do is I want to have more calories on Friday, Saturday, and I'm willing to sacrifice some of those on the weekdays. Now, you have to be a little bit careful on this because if you are going too bloody mental, say 6,000 calories, um, and you've only left yourself 2,000 calories for the rest of the week, then you're going to struggle during the week. And willpower and motivation gets depleted very, very rapidly when you're hungry. So there is a threshold of the minimum calories that you should have a day because you don't want to make your life miserable. You don't want to make the fat loss journey harder than it needs to be. And restricting too many calories on a daily basis can have an adverse effect on your strength training, on your motivation and your willpower. So be cautious of just how much you take the piss with this strategy, okay? Because danger's in the dosage with everything that you do. And sometimes if you go to extremes, it has an adverse effect rather than a positive strategy. So that is our minimizing the weekday, maximizing the weekend strategy. Okay, so that's kind of the four things. And there's two there that obviously looks at things on a weekly basis. And there's two things that kind of look on a daily basis. Now, what the best thing that I would do to find out which one works best for you is of course, note times when you're really hungry. Note the patterns that you're having, and if you're logging and tracking your macros, you'll kind of know the amount of calories that you're having by a certain time of the day. And if you're struggling in the afternoon, if you're struggling in the evening, you might wanna try and move those calories around so you are um, having more during those times where you're struggling. So somebody asked me about holiday calories. Should you track on holiday? What's the strategy for the holiday? So for me, I find holidays quite interesting because people are in a, a really weird mindset with holiday. They see a buffet and they think like it's gonna go out of fashion. So they need to stick as much on their plate as possible, which I think is mad. And what I tend to do on holiday is it depends where I'm going on that, but if I go to Greece, I love feta cheese, I love fish, I love lean meats, and what I tend to do is fill up my plate with lean proteins and then top it up with lots of vegetables and feta cheese. And that fills me up really, really nice. And I tend to have a high protein, kind of a low carb diet, moderate amounts of fat, especially with the feta cheese. And what I do is I kind of allocate, I don't have that many carbs, but it's not as if I'm kind of low carb because I'm saving that allowance for usually for red wine in the evenings. So my strategy tends to be is, you know, I reduce my carbs down on holiday, I increase my red wine consumption, and 
I'm very, very active on holiday. And that's the most important thing. When I see people on holiday, this is where they go wrong. Not only do they fill seven plates worth of food on the buffet, but they don't fucking move, okay? They sit on a sunbed all day, like a whale, and then they just crisp. And for those of you who've got kids, you haven't got a chance of sitting down and relaxing. You're up on your feet, you're busy all day, you're up and down, up and down, up and down. One thing that I would look at on holiday, and which is such an important thing, is look at your steps. Aim to get a good amount of steps in. And when I, like, I'm not even consciously thinking of getting steps in on holiday, but I still, I end up getting like 16, 18, 20,000 steps a day. And if I can get a place where I put kids in the kids club, uh, myself and Anna uh, will go to the gym and train every day. Um, which was great before we had Archer because we can just put Eliza in kids club for a couple of hours, go to the gym, have, smash a workout and then have a post-workout gym. Absolutely awesome. So my kind of holiday strategy is that reduce my carbs down, swap my carbs for red wine, um, stay active and just stick to kind of a lean meats, high protein diet. If you've got buffet food, if you're all inclusive, just don't take the piss. Okay, it's not, there's not a famine, there's plenty for everyone. I just see people with these plates and they've got about seven different puddings. I'm like, fucking hell, calm down. Okay, there's enough for everybody. Um, and, you know, essentially that, that is my uh, holiday strategy. So, the next question that somebody asks is about trigger foods. Okay, um, a lot of us have these kind of trigger foods and the trouble is a lot of us have them in the house. Now... There's an old saying, out of sight, out of mind. If it's not in the house, then you're not going to fucking eat it, are you? But the trouble with that is it's hard not to have it in the house if you've got kids. Because if your trigger food happens to be one of the favourite foods that your, one of your children likes, then it's going to be in the house. Um, and my focus is kind of reduce or remove. Okay? If you cannot reduce a food down, as in you always overeat it, then remove it completely. Okay? Seriously. If you know that you've got a trigger food, keep it out of the house. I know that can be difficult with kids, but it's what you need to do. You know, you've, you're trying to get these strategies to make your life easier. And it all comes down to a level of self-awareness. It's so important, self-awareness. And I'll tell you um, something that I was very self-aware of this year, which started creeping in last year. And it has nothing to do with nutrition, but everything to do with habits, okay? Um, what I noticed was that I was checking my phone, like I would wake up at night, okay, and I'd go to the toilet and I'd check my phone. I'd check TikTok, I'd check Instagram before I went to sleep. And I'd say to myself, Jamie, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you checking social media at three o'clock in the morning? And then as soon as I woke up, I'd be in... I'd be enticed to just check social media before I went on my power walk. And that's not serving other people, you know, it's not, that's not filling up my vessel. So I asked myself, I was just like, right, how can I stop myself from doing this? Um, and then I had an idea that today, I was like, right, cool, how I'm going to stop this is I'm going to buy an alarm clock, one of those nice ones that play all the uh, sleep melodies and they wake you up naturally. It's like 28, 26 quid bought that and then I'm just going to keep my phone downstairs. There is no need to have my phone upstairs whatsoever. My excuse before that I was using an app called Sleep Cycle to track my sleep. Um, but, you know, 
I don't really need to do that because now I've sorted the habit of getting to bed early, getting enough sleep in, and do I need to track it? Probably not. So what I've decided to do as of tomorrow is leave my phone downstairs, have an alarm clock, and then I can't actually check my phone because it will be downstairs. And the only time I will check it or be able to look at it is when I come downstairs. So I've made it very difficult to keep that habit up. And the reason that I was a bit long-winded and, and spoke about that is that's what you've got to do with your nutrition. If you see and you're self-aware of something that you that's fucking you up, then try and find ways to make it more difficult to do. And there's nothing more difficult to do something if you can't see something out of sight, out of mind, or you don't have it in the house. So think about this. And this is the thing about nutrition. Any kind of habit that you want to adopt uh, this year and you want it to be a success, okay, you need to be self-aware. You need to look at the barriers and obstacles that you have in your way that's going to prevent you from doing it. Cool. So we've got trigger foods. I remember Sean, Sean asked about carbs when building muscle and, and obviously does it matter what carbs? Well, the answer is yes and no. Yes, it matters because we got to understand this. When you are like Sean, Sean's very tall, he's on a lot of calories, um, probably over 4,000 calories. Now, if you're having 4,000 calories and, and you're using a lot of carbohydrates, that's a lot of food volume. Now, when you're on a fat loss diet, Food volume is king. You want to eat more food for, for the same amount of calories. But when it comes to eating 4,000 calories a day, you need the opposite strategy. Probably don't want to put that much carbs into the diet because that's a lot of food volume and you'll probably struggle to eat that much food. So actually increasing your fats is going to be an easier strategy. Why? Because obviously they're a lot more calorie dense. There's nine calories per gram of fat and there's only four calories per gram of carbs. So when it comes to increasing your calories, don't focus too much on carbs, focus on fats. Focus on increasing your, like, your nuts, your seeds, your peanut butters, um, your olive oils, your avocado oils, all this kind of stuff which you can add into your diet. You know, you add 10 mils of olive oil to a meal, that's an extra 90 calories per meal. So they're very easy to add additional calories which are gonna benefit you by keeping in that maintenance slash surplus which you're aiming for. So hopefully that helps. And uh, right, cool. So that, ladies and gents, is my calorie strategies. Hopefully that made sense. Hopefully um, that allows you to think about a weekly login basis. Of course you wanna track your calories daily, but of course you wanna get that weekly number in. If you are a person, you know, like me that likes a big breakfast, have the big breakfast and you're not too worried about food in the evenings, then adopt that strategy. If you're a person that really struggles in the evening, then you're obviously going to want to adopt that save, save the best or last strategy. Um, of course, when it comes to a weekly basis, minimizing your weekday, maximizing your weekend. If you want to allocate your calories first for your weekend and then fit the gaps in throughout the week, of course, and remember, don't go to extremes with that because it can have an adverse effect. Holiday calories, as I said, my focus is usually high fat, high protein, low carb, and I'll swap the carbs for red wine. Uh, trigger foods, reduce or remove. But also, when it comes to any kind of trigger or progress with that, self-awareness is most certainly key. Right, so I'm going to go through some questions now. And if you've got any questions as I'm going through my phone, please ask, and I will be um, happy to answer them. 
Stuart, when to aim high? So you've got four times 12 sets to do. Is there an optimum set to push for the heaviest weight? I generally just up the weight with each set depending on how hard it's been. Um, however, just wondered whether I should go for it on the second set after a warm-up set rather than wait till set four when I may be knackered. So, Stuart, I think the most important thing to look at when it comes to like four sets of 12 reps is just the overall total volume. Of course, there's some psychology involved with trying to push yourself as much as possible, but if you're going hell for leather on set two and then you are fucked and then suddenly set three, you have to drop your weight down, then that's going to affect your overall weight volume. And that's the most, most important thing. I'd rather work at, obviously there's two measurements when it comes to how hard and the intensity of your workout. There's, um, there's RIR, so reps in reserve, and that's, that's obviously the thing um, that I would focus on. And there's RPE, so there's rate of perceived exertion. I'll just, I'll just talk about that quickly, because some of you might not know what I mean by that. So a measurement of intensity when it comes to weight training. There's rate of perceived exertion. So let, let me just say, for example, I, I give you a weight, I tell you to do eight reps, and you tell me out of 10 how difficult that was. And what you're aiming for, 10 is fucking, that's killed me, one is nothing, that doesn't do anything. And you're aiming for around an eight for that. But sometimes that can be inconsistent. So what I like to work at is reps in reserve. And what I mean by reps in reserve is I give you a dumbbell, I tell you to do 10, and then at the end of the set of 10, I ask you, how many more do you think you could do? If you think you could do three more, your RIR is three. If you think you could only just do two perfect ones left, your RIR is two. And if you honestly think you probably just squeeze one more rep out, your RIR is one. What I would focus on, not just trying to go hell for level on each set, but if you've got four sets of 12 reps, I would focus on an RIR of two. So you want to finish a set of 12 and say to yourself, I could have done two more good reps then. And then you want to be consistent with that. And then the next week when you do have that, maybe increase that weight by two and a half kilos or one kilo, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but keep it consistent with it because what we're looking at is the overall volume of it because progressive overload is the key to hypertrophy and progress. So hopefully that helps, Stuart. Um, doo -doo -doo. Isn't this meant to be eight o'clock? Nope, seven o'clock. Um, always seven o'clock. Always seven o'clock. Uh, bonjour, bonjour. Where do we find the fat loss calories? So if you go to my TDEE calculator, if you go to jalderton.com, click on TDEE calculator, you work out your total daily energy expenditure on there. Um, quick five minutes join, have to go, wish I wasn't hungry in the evening. Um, yeah. Just looking through all these now. Um, when I went away, did I, did it recharge the, your batteries to hit 2020? Of course it did, Jason. Three weeks away was very much needed. It, um, it was just kind of a realization of just how much more time off I need. Um, the three weeks off for Christmas was the first time I've kind of had a holiday this year. Um, my focus really this year is to do 90 days of graft followed by a holiday. So if I can get three holidays in this year, that's a massive investment to recharge the batteries and focus on what it is that I do. Because I've come back this week, it's been fucking intense, and it's a good intense because tomorrow I've got the day off, I'm at the spa, just chilling out. So my kind of focus for this year is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Monday and Tuesday are my content filming days, so producing a lot of content, work, 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 work. 
Wednesday, um, I usually have podcast interviews most of the day and then I do my live streams. So I've got a podcast as soon as I finish this at eight o'clock. Um, and then tomorrow I've got off completely, reading books, chilling, massage, nice, very nice. And then Friday, um, work, 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 work. And then I'm trying to, unless I've got like a mentorship day or a seminar or some commitments, trying to enjoy the Saturday and Sunday with the family. So that's kind of my focus for 2020. Uh, Mr. Wilson, how are you? Thank you ever so much for commenting. And uh, I'll just read this out now. Hi, mate. Hope you have a lovely breakaway for Christmas. I did indeed. Thank you, Craig. Over Christmas, I put my fitness pal on hold and just enjoyed the break. Went gym as much as I could. Drank beer and tracked nothing. Now back to it. Doing the workouts from the app. Steps are up. Water is good. Food is good. Just before Christmas, I was on 2,100 calories, uh, which I lost some weight. After Christmas, I went into the TDEE calculator and it came out of 2,319. Uh, when I spoke to people at the gym, they said, um, Jim about being on 2-1 they said that's low 2100 isn't low it's not um, 1700 is low 1500 is low um, and also in the group uh, people said the same I'm at the moment on the TDE calories 2319 um, at the moment I've, are you sure your total daily energy expenditure is 2319 is your movement really low during the week because that seemed, that TDEE calculation seems kind of low um, so I just double check that um, but also, I think one of the most important things, the mistake that so many people um, make is that when they go on a TDEE calculator, they think it's the most accurate thing in the world. It's a guesstimate. It's a complete guesstimate. And if you've already calculated your calories and you know roughly how many calories that you need, you don't ever need to use a TDEE calculator again. I don't need to put my weight into a TDEE calculator. I know how much I move. Um, I know exactly my weight, et cetera, et cetera. And I know that if I'm ever going to start a fat loss diet strictly, uh, I need to be on about 2,900 calories to start. I don't need to put it into a calculator. And if you've been doing your fat loss on a certain amount of calories before, what's really going to change in the, in the space of a couple of months? So what I do is look at where you were starting on before with your calories and just go from there. Don't listen to a, a calculator because you've got real world feedback. So hopefully that helps. Um, 7 p.m. is 5 a.m. here. Should be asleep. Sean, well, thank you ever so much for tuning in, mate. Um, it's very much uh, appreciated. Any ideas on our first meetup, Rich? Not, not as of yet. I said it's been very intense since I've been back. Um, we are planning stuff out, but obviously we're, we're just balls to the wall at the moment. Um, we are going to be doing an announcement potentially next week. First meetup, I'm hoping to be around April time. Um, and we want to kind of, we've got two meetups guaranteed. We've got a summer soiree in July. Um, we've got a Christmas party and I want to do a kind of a Tough Mudder in September, October. But I also kind of want to do an April Tough Mudder slash obstacle course race as well. So I want to try and get two of those in. Um, it is on my agenda to do. My to-do list is, is bigger than this whiteboard at the moment. So I'm just pushing through each one. I said, like, I'm still jet lagged to fuck. I was up at half two this morning because my body clock's all over the place. So it is on my to-do list, Rich. And as soon as I know, uh, you'll know. Um, Stuart, I've put myself on 2,100 and seems to be okay at the minute. Tough though. So if it's tough, Stuart, I mean... The thing is, you know, this is, the re this is the reason I talk about the tortoise and the hare, okay? Some people want to sprint off on the first week, um, and, and it actually might be a good strategy. Some people do work well by going a little bit lower in the first week, their body catches up, and then they increase their calories. So if you're struggling, 
understand it's only the first week, so you shouldn't be struggling on the first week. So up those calories, okay? Um, slow and steady wins the race. Um, spot on, because uh, I use your TDE calculator for the summer shred, yep. Um, what would you say is a must when very busy, like around Christmas time as I felt that stressed I was doing up to about 16 hours a day. Don't do 16 hours a day. Um, have a better have better systems in place, Jason. Um, one of the problems with a lot of business owners is, is they're afraid to delegate stuff out to other people. Um, don't be afraid to delegate. Um, Eisenhower Matrix. If you've if you've been reading my book Meltdown, um, you'll understand about the Eisenhower Matrix. Do defer, delegate, delete. That's something you need to get good at. Spartan, aru aru. Yeah, Spartan. Spartan does sound good. Um, the only thing is, it has to be cost-effective because I want as many people on it as possible. The trouble with Tough Mudder, it's like 100 odd quid, 120 quid. So, um, we will see. Uh, meet up for Australia. I'm not in Australia anymore, Sean. No more meetups. Although we could fly everybody out to Australia, that'd be nice. As long as you're paying, that's cool. <laughs> but yeah, Sean, you should come to the UK. You should come down here. Um, you just say you're, you're here once a year at least, so let us know. Um, and at the moment, ladies and gents, I'll tell you what, the cold, the sea the dips is fucking cold. It's freezing. So if we want to do a meetup, I'm thinking, um, does anyone fancy a Saturday, if I can plan it in, a Saturday sea um, dip? Um, it will probably be January, February time. It'll be freezing cold. You're looking at eight degrees in the sea, which means you're not going to spend more than two minutes in there. But um, it will be great. Honestly, I jumped in. When did I jump in? Tuesday. Um, Scott was with me. It was cold, Scott, wasn't it? I was like, whew. And obviously, I just spent three weeks in, in Australia and, and Dubai. That was cold, man. Good book. First chapter and the wine certainly resonates. Um, yep. Yeah. I think it resonates with a lot of people, actually, Jamie. I mean, a lot of people will just go to that because it's like sedation, really, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah. Cool. Right, ladies and gents. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed that. Hopefully, it was beneficial for you and hopefully, I answered all your questions. And hopefully, you like the new kind of format style of our Train With Jay education live streams. What my plan is for this year is to try and do more whiteboard sessions. I've literally mapped out the entire year. And the way that we're going to rotate with regards to the education is we're going to go nutrition, training, mindset, productivity. Nutrition, training, mindset, productivity. So this week, of course, it's nutrition. Next week, we're going to be doing a training education series. The week after, of course, mindset. And then the week after that, productivity. And I've got uh, subjects for each, every one. But if you want me to elaborate on anything with regards to training next week, of course, let me know. I'm going to be talking about many different things when it comes to training next week. But anything that you really, really are desperate to learn or desperate to know that I can do on the whiteboard, that I can map out and drop some knowledge bombs, uh, of course, let me know. Ladies and gents, thank you ever so much for tuning in to this brand new series of our education series. A brand new series of education series is indeed. Um, hope you've enjoyed it and I will catch up with you very, very soon. Adios, amigo.